Sober Experiment podcast by Be Sober. I'm Alex, one half of Be Sober. And I'm Lisa, the other half. We're dead proud to be working with IPHM this season and can't wait to tell you all about them and their services. The IPHM is a worldwide accreditation board with a difference. Their passion lies in helping people live the life they love as well as giving the public the reassurance they need to know they'll be in safe hands. There's a reason all our coaches are IPHM accredited and a reason we are an IPHM accredited training provider because their reputation is simply the best out there. Check them out at IPHM.co.uk and don't forget to name drop Be Sober when you apply. Good morning. Good morning. How good was our little impromptu night out this week? Just oh, it was other. so lovely on a Monday night as well. I know I got thinking on the way home because it's like 20 past 11 by the time I got home. And like, obviously, then I had a poorly child to deal with who woke me up and kept me up. And I did yeah. feel really tired the day after. But honestly, like, why... Why do we put ourselves through the hassle of having to figure out taxis and overnight stays and who will be driving? It's so much easier. Isn't life easier? It's just so lovely. I thought that myself, like on the Monday, I used to feel so hungover and tired from the weekend. Even if I'd not gone out on the Sunday, Mondays were just so tiring. So if anybody had said like, oh, do you fancy going out for a meal on Monday night? I'd be like, no, but who does that? Turns out loads of people do. They actually do. And including our next guest, you know, apparently, I don't know if she goes out and stuff like that, but you know what she says that when we stay curious together, we can experience unimaginable freedom. <laughs> freedom that's what I we know. get and it's, it is it's true it does give you a sense of freedom something that we always say you know when people post how long they've been sober in the members group and um it's just like amazing like seven days of freedom two weeks of freedom a year of freedom it you've really, always used really that freedom is. And do you, I remember when I, do you remember when I nicked it? You pinched my full line. Like I would always say to somebody like, that's amazing. hundred days of absolute freedom. And it's when we say freedom though, it's not just, it, it's free from like thinking about drinking. It's free from trying to just have one. It, it just, it's in everything, isn't it's just it? It's free. It's just free. <laughs> but I found myself nicking this line and I didn't even yeah. know I was nicking the line. I know, I was fuming. I'd gone to write it and I thought, have I wrote it already? Oh no, that's Alex's name. <laughs> <laughs> like my whole sentence. Oh, We've God. morphed into each other. That's what it is. Have. Well, I think and I'm morphing into you. You're, luckily, I stay a little bit more free because I don't say anything that's um, very what, knowledgeable like that. I don't have any kind of wisdom words. I've got a lot yes, of science stuff. Do. No, I don't. Not like you have. I don't have like these little go-to phrases of wisdom lines. I definitely don't. I have your wisdom lines. Like. <laughs> I know, but you're, you know what? what's really, really sad for me is that you're so good at delivering them. So I know, right, that, that I say things to you because it takes me a little bit of time to process things. So I say things to you. 
Um, and then I'll hear you kind of say it and I think, oh, I really wanted to say that. But you, because you're so clever and you remember everything, you can kind of fit it in at the right times. And then I get really jealous that you've used my line and used it so well. <laughs> well, just take credit for the line in the first place. I've actually started to be really conscious of it and I go, that's what Lisa said. This is Lisa's bit. <laughs> Oh, thank you. I'm a, I'm a I actually thief. really appreciate it because I'm not quick enough thinking to get it out there sometimes. So it's really nice. It's funny, isn't it, when we do those things where we go, you've nicked my line, you've pinched my line. You, you say, you've pinched my line, you've nicked my line. It really is never planned, is it? It just like happens. It's, yeah. And then I think, that won't mind. You, you know when I say it, right? <laughs> this is when it's the worst when it happens, right? Somebody says something, or we have a guest on, or we're, or we're a guest somewhere. <laughs> and I find, and they say something, I think, right, I'm going to say this, yeah? And I'm building up the courage to say it, and then it comes out of your mouth, and I'm like, oh! <gasps> And then they'll say, so Lisa, what? And I'm like, oh, I don't know what to say now because Alex has literally said everything that I always go to. <laughs> it only ever happened once the other way around. And I think it was on a radio show and they asked you something first that I would have normally answered. And then you come out with my stuff and I was like, community and friendship for my bit. And I thought <laughs> I would never say that. That is definitely a Lisa thing to say. Definitely a Lisa thing to say. It is all about community and friendship. Shall we um, introduce Amy? Well, no, I don't know if we should. I don't think she's coming. <laughs> she, she is coming. She is coming. So um, hopefully. I don't think minutes. she is. Honestly, hope oh, she's here. She is here. So before, before we let her in, I just want to say, um, Amy always says, on a journey to heal her trauma, she stumbled, pun very much intended, into a conscious, sober lifestyle and her deeper purpose to support people. Now, Amy supports sober people to heal past traumas, to feel more freedom, pleasure and purpose and create healthy relationships and thrive. Here she is. Hi, Amy. Hi. So lovely to have you on with us. Thank you for joining us. I know. This is so nice. I was looking forward to it. I woke up very early for this. Oh, what time? Oh, right. Okay. Like we always do this, right? And we feel so guilty when we find out what time zone people are in and they're like, yeah, it's three in the morning or something. What time are you there? It's only 5.30. I mean, oh. like I only woke up a little bit earlier, but hi. Oh, and you look incredible for anybody listening. I wish this is sobriety, isn't it? When you get up at 5.30 a.m. and look like that, that's amazing. <laughs> That's a benefit, right? It really is. It like really one is. eye open with like fire breath anymore. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there was the worst mornings. We were just talking about Mondays, and that's what my Monday mornings used to look like. <laughs> oh, for sure. Oh my goodness, yes. How are you all doing? Oh, yeah, it's really good, well. yeah. Really good. We've been looking forward to this and we kind of, we got your bio up and we had a little look through and we got a bit nosy and then we thought, ooh, this is quite interesting, right? So, <laughs> yeah. So in, we're going to kick straight in if you're all right with that. I'm totally good with that, yeah. You know, 
in your bio and you say it was a pun and Lisa's just actually read it out. You say you stumbled into sobriety. Okay. Now I love that line. Lisa loves that line. We stumbled you, a lot, Amy. We, we stumbled, stumbled everywhere. A lot. <laughs> we have. We've stu- we, in fact, we've full on face planted in some places. Well, I have. <laughs> I broke both my teeth. I mean. <laughs> oh my gosh. So, I, so really both of us can relate to you stumbling into sobriety and we do love what you've said there. Can you tell us more about that on the lead up to it? Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Um, So, you know, my whole thing was that I decided when I was 36, like around that time that I really wanted to go deep into all of my trauma and I wanted to understand like what happened, why I developed the, I didn't use exactly these words at the time, but I wanted to understand or understand basically why I was so insecure and so uncomfortable in my own skin. I'll put it that easily. And so I started making a list of all the things that I thought could have affected me and caused me to like be the way that I was. And so um, it was like my birth mom was on the very top of the list. Like I need to find my birth mom and I need to figure out like what happened there. And if I can figure out what happened there, then I'm going to be free and all my trauma will be healed before I turn 40. Like that was really my goal. I was like, I'm going to walk into my forties and I'm going to be like, totally transformed. <laughs> it's so funny. Cause that's my personality, like through and through. I'm just like, Oh, if I want something, I get laser focused on it and I go and I freaking figure it out. So I started, um, I got on people finders and started having them look for her and give me data and they found her. And it was like a six month writing letter writing process and calling people and like trying to figure out which one was her found her. I happened to be like 45 minutes away from her um, teaching yoga in the, in the Northeast part of the United States. And so I was like, I'm going to peel the bandaid off. Let's meet, like, let's just do this. And we did. And about three months later, I was chemically dependent on alcohol. And because I leaned in so heavily to my favorite coping mechanism that I was like, always, I was drinking, I started drinking like every day. I started drinking in the mornings. I started drinking like, and all of us, and I thought like, oh, I'm going to be fine. Like, I'm just using this to get through to the other side of like healing all my drama. Well, in a sense, it, I stumbled for sure onto that. But in a sense, it did help me get to the root cause of my trauma because then I was also faced with, I'm chemically dependent. I cannot live without it now. Yeah. And now I was faced with two things, heal my trauma and stop using my favorite coping mechanism. So that's what I mean when I stumbled because there was nothing in me. I thought I would be able to use like pretty much like I did for the rest of my life because it was like, it worked. For a really long time. It's so interesting what you say about that. You know, like you'd obviously, I say obviously, please excuse if that's wrong, but okay. being separated from your birth mother anyway will have created some trauma. And then rediscovering her will have unrooted all of that trauma and re-traumatized you in many ways. And we talk about this sometimes because both of us had events in our lives that would be considered traumatic as you grow up. Um, but actually we coped fine or felt we coped fine with and then particularly for me it was one life event that set my drinking into a spiral and uprooted all this stuff that I thought Mm. had been dealt with 
and just surfaced it and kept it sim- very similar, different story, but very similar circumstances just kept me stuck. Is it is that right? Is it that kind of thing that you had all this unresolved trauma that just came bubbling up? Absolutely. And listen, I didn't drink in the healthy ways like all the time either, but I hung out with people who drank like I did. So I didn't know. I mean, it looks like we're very, I imagine that we would have had a good time together, ladies. (laughs) We always say the same. Honestly, it would be scary, wouldn't it? (laughs) Meeting with your guests back in the day. Yeah, but it was the catalyst that really helped me like unearth everything. And then I I couldn't put it back down. Like where I had done such a great job of masking it most of my life, after it was uprooted in this way, there was no hiding it. And so I went into a total shame spiral because I had hit it for so long and I was, you know, really great at the business I owned. I was really like, my masks were all coming down and I didn't want people to see the real truth. And so my solution became to isolate, to like lock all my windows, lock all my doors and just drink like I wanted to until I didn't wake up. And um, I called in for help the first time in, at the end of 2013. And then I was in treatment by 2014. And then it was just two years of hell because the traditional forms of recovery and treatment were just not built for, I don't know, like I have a lot of, I have a lot of, I don't see a lot of success in the way that the current treatment plans are like set up. And Mm -hmm. so I just couldn't find anyone to like really meet me where I was at, like sit there and say like, oh, you have trauma. Okay. Like, let's, you know, do these things. They're like, no, if you don't admit you're an alcoholic, you're going to die. And I was like, awesome. Thank you. When people said that to me, I was like, that's the solution. Then I will die. Thank you for giving me that. So if I take the perfect amount of Xanax and drink the perfect amount of alcohol, I mean, I blew over a 0.4, like so many times. And the doctors would be like, why aren't you dead? I'm like, I don't know. Like, that's what I'm trying to do because the they told me in those rooms that if I drink, I will die. And that's not happening. I mean, that's how like bananas, my thinking system was, my central nervous system was, it was just like, why isn't this working? And yeah, it was a, it was a, it was a wild ride, but it gave me, I started writing my, my regrooving methodologies, like what I used to support myself and other people now in 2014 because I was like okay wait gut health matters movement matters you know meeting people where they're at matters getting to their trauma matters like if we can leave the alcohol or the drugs out of it for a minute and stop focusing and stop making that the center of attention then I think I could actually get somewhere here and that's what I just had to kind of like blah 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 to everyone else and just keep going in the way that I knew was going to support me. And to this day, when people make, like when I look at Instagram pages where it's all about the alcohol, I'm like, why are you making it center stage? It's like, that's not the deal. All right. And that's what's wrong with our culture in the whole world is that we make this substance, this ethanol and sugar, like so beautiful and sexy and la la la. And it's like, it's really not, it's like poison. We'll get back to our chat shortly, but first let us tell you a little bit more about our friends at IPHM. 
So IPHM is a worldwide accreditation board with a bit of a difference. They pride themselves in the personal service and it's proper humans in the office checking through the applications. They genuinely know how hard you've worked to start your own business and they'll be there for you every step of the way. Their passion lies in helping people live the life they love, as well as giving the public the reassurance they need to know they'll be in safe hands. So if you want to stand out from the rest and become part of a worldwide recognised organisation, then choose IPHM for confidence and trust. There's a reason all our coaches are IPHM accredited and a reason we're an IPHM accredited training provider because their reputation is simply the best out there. Check them out at iphm.co.uk and don't forget to name drop Be Sober when you apply. We yeah. just give it too much credit all of the time, don't we? But both ways, like before we've stopped drinking, we used to give it all this credit and take pictures of it and give it credit for our wonderful holidays and our time with our family. And then, like you say, even now, we're still kind of doing that and making it the focal point. And it's not. And I know you're saying it, and I think it's amazing that you've turned what you went through into something so positive to help other people but for anybody else that like is listening and they sat there thinking that is me I relate so much to that what do you what's the first step for them Amy Mm. gosh that's you know I'm going to say this and it might be hard for someone who's still out there struggling but the biggest thing that helped me was me advocating for myself And I don't know if it was because I was an entrepreneur for so long that I was, um, I could do it in a very healthy way. I worked in treatment centers for a while after I stayed stopped. And I watched people advocate for themselves by throwing tantrums. And that would get them more medication. And because then they're like, oh, they're bipolar. And I'm like, no, they're not. Their nervous system's dysregulated. Like go sit with them, figure out what's going on. But if people can learn to advocate for themselves when they start to get well and say, that doesn't feel good to me. Like that simple thing, wait, stop. That doesn't feel good to me. I need more information or this is the way I'd like to do it. Like that can change everything because, you know, yes, I was powerless over alcohol at a point in my life. But I was so powerful in other ways. Oh, I love that. We say that, Amy. We actually we say we're powerful over alcohol because actually, as much as, yes, alcohol takes you at times, it can only take you when you say yes. As soon as you say no, it can no longer take you. And, you know, you you take it out off it and you take it out of your life and you get the power yeah. back. I love that. Like you're the first person that we've heard say that. Is that right, Lisa? Is she the first person? You know what's really funny about this, Amy? Before you came came on, (laughs) me me and Alex have just had a little bit of an introduction. I also know what she's going to say. (laughs) Pinching each other's lines, right? So when I say something that I think is really wise, Alex will then say it in a podcast or vice versa. I've just done it, Amy. (laughs) No, you you haven't, Alex. Amy's literally come in and pinched our line because we say that so much. And I actually pinched it off somebody as well. I was at one of our um, Be Sober meetups and it was very early into 
my sober journey. And somebody was saying how much they struggled with the 12 steps and the methods of AA and going to the meetings because they just didn't relate to that sentence in particular of having to admit that they were powerless when they felt so strong and powerful and stopping drinking is such a brave, brave thing to do. And when they said that about the powerful powerfulness I thought I am so having that and I pinched it and we've and we've used it haven't we so much you, and then you, you just told come it in me. and nicked it <laughs> this is where I thought I'd done it because Lisa actually said it to me and I've just repeated her line of we feel powerful over alcohol actually it was Lisa that felt powerful told me she felt powerful so I felt powerful and yeah it's a whole lot of come along. we're just like we're such it is though and I can't even express that enough and I love that that is kind of what what you do with in your work isn't it it's you help people find that freedom and that and that mm. power can you just tell us a bit more about that work that you do absolutely um well first of all I love your energy <laughs> I'm like I want to just like pop into the screen and be over there right now <laughs> it's probably too much for you at 5 30 a.m is it I am so sorry <laughs> It's not, I'm actually like one of those people who've always just like woken up and I'm ready to go. So I have that blessing. Actually, my, my biology thought I was going on a trip because I never set an alarm. I just wake up naturally. (laughs) And so I was like, am I going on an airplane today? I'm like, no, no, no. I I love that feeling. I've done that when we've had to be up really early and that it's like, we feel like we're going on holiday. You are. Hey, right now it's fine. The power of Zoom, <laughs> exactly. you see. You can go on a trip without the the plane. I'll be in the UK <laughs> later today too with one of my clients. So, <laughs> oh, there you go. You got a day in the UK. <laughs> I do. Yeah. Okay, so you know, really, what when I'm doing one-on-one work with people. And it's not much different in my group programs, but um, the first thing that I say is let's leave the substance behind the curtain. Like, let's just leave that there. Like, I do not want to talk about it for the first month, really, unless they're in like dire straits. And then I'm going to recommend them to detox or something where we need to get their body regulated. But the reason that I do that is so that we can get to the root of what's actually happening. And so I do nervous system mapping. That's the very first thing that I do is I teach them that they have a nervous system. And I use Deb Dana's polyvagal theory that I'm trained in. And and we actually sit down with colored pencils and a little map and we create their nervous system for them. And so that they can start taking the guilt and the shame out of it and go, oh, this is physiology. I'm a nervous person because I have a sympathetic nervous system and I can change it. So then we start like, I'll just use the word interventions. We start little interventions with their nervous system first. Like, oh, when you're feeling overwhelmed, can you breathe? Can you shake it out? Can you dance? Can you, you know, we use a a walkie-talkie back and forth to each other. And so can you use the walkie-talkie to just rant and rave? Can you punch some pillows? Like do something somatic. I love this. Yeah. 
So, I love it, this, Amy, because, you know, when we, we always have a bit of a laugh that Alex is very scientific and when we... Get so is <laughs> No, I'm not. And I can't help it, but I hear big words or scientific words and I automatically, my eyes glaze over, right? <laughs> not many people, but I'm gone. I'm gone. I'm, I'm like doing my shopping or something. But honestly, you add me at colouring pencils. I'm in. I absolutely love the way you do this because I'm a visual learner. I, I want to be doing things. I want to be eating pillows and biting them and walkie-talking and colouring. Nobody said anything yeah. about biting them. Stop bringing oh, well, your own way. Who you bite? Can I just say one thing, Erin? Because this is what, yeah. when I'm coaching with my clients, right, it's not the same what we're doing, but this is one of the things I say to them. There, there is absolutely no point in taking out alcohol until you know how to cope with life without it. Because otherwise, what you're doing is you're leaving a void where somebody wants alcohol even more than they ever did. So I love mm. what you're saying. And the fact that you're helping them develop a toolbox, a practical toolbox where it's, okay, you're overwhelmed. And, and you know, something I do is I say, look, let's match the care tool to actually what it is you need right now. There is absolutely no point. Like we've got people who come on and they say, right, I'm feeling really lonely. I'm, I'm lonely and that's why I'm drinking. So I went and I had a bath and then I went out and I had a long walk and I'm like, okay, so now you're a wet bubble bathy lonely person okay so now you're a cold walked out lonely person but what did you do for the loneliness and that's kind of what you're doing isn't it absolutely I love everything you just said and you know it's funny I um I end up bringing like after month one or month two I'll, I'll bring in their partners their spouses their family and so often the family member like if I'm on a zoom with them they'll say it's you know it's not working they need to go to treatment and the person that I'm working with is like, no, you don't understand. Like, I am so much more wise about myself than I ever have been. But we haven't completely. And I only work with certain people that are still using substances. But I work when I do work with that person exactly the same way. I'm like, we're not eliminating the alcohol or the you know methadone or whatever that is that they're on. Because if we do, it will get worse. It's like... It, it, we don't want you to be walking around a wet, walked out, lonely person. Yeah. Right? We've got to address where that loneliness started. And it usually started between the ages of zero and seven. And, you know, when we have enough trust and we really get in there and start going, okay, that voice is actually my abusive father's voice, or that voice is actually the abusive voice that I made up because of social conditioning of blah, blah, blah. Right. And then we get more clear on that. And then we start talking back to that voice. We learn about that part of them and we start giving them things that they can soothe themselves so that, okay. And then we start on a titration plan if they're still, you know, currently using. Um, I have to say most of my clients are, have been stayed stopped for sometimes up to 15, 30 years but they wow. never did the deeper trauma work. Yeah. And so yeah. they've been going through the motions of life. They're 50, 60 years old. And they're like, oh my gosh, like, what am I doing here? And I'm like, all right, come. And to, to watch that transformation is such a delight because it's sometimes harder, honestly, because <laughs> I have to decondition some of the things that they've learned so far. And they're very stubborn and held on to that stuff. 
but they're held onto it the same way that they were held on to their coping mechanism. Cause now repeating these mantras to themselves that don't work anymore. Yeah. But I'm just sick and I'm going to stay, I'm a sick person. I'm like, no, you're not. Yeah. Your nervous system's dysregulated. Like you've just listened to people repeat that for the last 30 years. Can we undo that? And it's a grieving process because these people are their friends. And oftentimes we decide that they're not the right friends because they're all staying stuck together. It's like a group mentality, you know, and like, again, there's nothing wrong with it, but maybe people like us can like bring more fellowships, like your be sober fellowships that mm, are really helping people to expand in ways that they've never lived before. And to move forward, I think it's so important, like when you're saying that, it does make me think of kind of a room where they're all saying the same things, repeating the same things and never moving forward. And what kind of we love is sometimes when people do leave the Be Sober membership is because they're literally like, you know what, I've done everything I can do so far and I'm ready to kind of fly. And we encourage that. We don't want to keep people just for the sake of keeping them. Yeah, we're like, oh, yeah, go and discover the world. Go fly. Yeah, absolutely. And and it's like, you know, good coaches don't have coaching clients unless there's somebody who wants to see accountability checking. Good coaches don't keep coaching clients forever. It's like, go now, you're ready. You don't need me. You want to create independence. like Nanny McPhee's. We are Nanny McPhee's, all three of us. (laughs) You do know what Nanny McPhee is, though, don't you? I was just about to ask. I'm like, tell me what that is. We don't have Nanny McPhee. I need clarity, please. Really quick and short. It's a nanny that arrives in this household of very, it's a film, very disruptive children and traumatised children, and they are unruly, and she stays until it's healed, and then she moves. It's a bit like Mary Poppins. (laughs) Yeah, I was going to say, our version's Mary Poppins. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. She's oh, a fun Mary Poppins. She says a <laughs> yeah. line about there'll be times when, and this, I knew this would happen, but she's got a very like important line in it. And basically she's saying, when you want me and don't I won't be here anymore. Yeah, you, I won't be there. Yeah, you need when, me when, I'll be there when me, you I'll need me and you don't want me. I, yeah, I'll be there. But when you want me, but don't need me, I'll, I'll watch, she'll be gone basically she'll have flown wow. off and all the warts came off it's a good film you should watch it but oh, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> well, what you do honestly Amy is just absolutely incredible and you're one of the first kind of people I've actually related to and thought I'd mm. love to work with you <laughs> yeah I'm thinking that I'm, I'm thinking forget the listeners like you know can, can we have a little conversation here <laughs> yeah, well, there's definitely there's definitely in 2021, like there's something that I have a vision for to work with more coaches yeah. actually, and for us to come together so I can share some of my modalities because I don't believe that like, I don't want, I want everyone to have like all the tools mm-hmm. and I'm a really good teacher. And so I'm like, well, you know, Guys like why don't I bring, <laughs> yeah, a mastermind of coaches. And so we can spread this because that's the only way we're going to change this is if we yeah. are all on this page of like being Nanny McFuse. Is that what it's called? Yeah, yeah. I love it. I I want, maybe that's the name of the mastermind. It's the, the Nanny, Nanny McFee mastermind. <laughs> <laughs> the next question, I guess you've, you've almost really answered it. And then, um, you know, we talk about how uh, addiction is um, the symptom, really. We say addiction yeah. is the symptom of trauma do you agree with that or to what extent do you agree with that 
But I, uh, I don't even like to use the word addiction. I'm like, it's the coping mechanism that worked and it's totally a symptom. Yeah. 100%. Like I didn't, I had yoga. I was health nutrition. Like I had all the other tools, but alcohol worked faster. Cocaine worked faster. You know, like being in these weird relationships that like met my needs when I was in the lens of alcohol and drugs. Those, yeah. They were all symptoms. Because as soon as I stopped, I was like, oh my goodness, that was so disrespectful to my beautiful body. Right? Yeah. <laughs> I know. You've got to be careful though then as well, haven't you? Because that's where a lot of the guilt and shame comes in then as well, which I guess needs working on. Because I, I know that even the other day I was like sat thinking, oh my goodness, like all that poison I've put in myself, I, I've, I could have damaged myself or this is awful, how disrespectful, like you say. Yeah. I literally had this conversation yesterday as well. It's really weird. We must be just at that certain, this week where you just meet the right people at the right yeah. time. And that is literally all the things that you're saying are conversations mm. that I've had this week, which is just amazing. But I'd actually said like how little respect I had for myself from being such a young child really up until the point that I stopped drinking we said it this morning on the be fit you know things that we said yes to all of the time because we just didn't not that we just didn't have boundaries but we didn't respect ourselves some enough but you weren't to taught say that no. We weren't no, taught no, the tools it. to respect it. And that's that's where the guess the work you're doing comes in that you've got to yes. where you were talking about undoing that conditioning. It's like yep. you've got to relearn what self-love really is. Because unfortunately, it's becoming just a phrase, isn't it? That people yeah. don't I, I don't know. even use that word because yeah. it scares people. people oh, I love you, Amy. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, self-love. And I'm like, fuck that. No, we do not want <laughs> self-love. Like, no, all I want you to do is like be here now and let's go from there because that word is just like actually I have a slide deck where I'm like self-love like whatever because it, it's like it's so woo it's not woo I love woo it's it's not real it's something that we say and that we don't feel and until yes. like this is something for the new listeners to listen to like if you're newer in this like you'll know when you're ready to stay stopped because you're you'll start listening to your body yeah. Your body will be like, bleh, like disgusted with it. And then you're like, okay, bingo, I am ready. Right. Because you just can't take it anymore. And you're finally not trying to figure it out in your, in your head. You're figuring it out through your wise, beautiful vessel, your body. And oh. then change is possible. Oh, honestly, honestly, Amy, like you're so you're so much of kind of the in-between piece of me and Lisa like you don't even know it you know all the science and the physiology and the actual specific detail of it is definitely me and then the manifest the manifesting of that and how it's done is definitely Lisa and like you are that bridge between us it's like yes I could we could both listen to Amy all day couldn't we Lisa <laughs> that would be fun <laughs> no we have to come to your mastermind honestly yeah oh yeah that would be amazing yeah definitely we'd love that I have like the bones around it so I'll definitely keep you posted and I'd like to start it in the spring of next year so that we can like really have and then everyone to be growing their businesses simultaneous like how cool would that be like I think about like if there's 10 of us in the mastermind and then each of us has 10 clients look at how many lives we're changing together 
it's just incredible. <laughs> I get all. <laughs> I love how much I love how much you love it. You know, like you said before about the energy, and that that is you all over. You just ooze, ooze it. It's amazing. I really could um, speak to you for so much longer, but we've cut our podcast down to like half an hour, so we can't okay. to get the meal. <laughs> yeah, so um, we're going to try and <laughs> come to an end. And something that we always ask our guests, and I love this because you're a little bit different, and. I love that you was like self-love, but alcoholic, blur, addiction, blur. <laughs> so you might actually, when, when, when you hear our motto, you'll be like, fuck that. <laughs> but obviously it's with the BWE for B, but we always said be brave, be kind and be sober. So what we want to ask you is right now, which of them do you relate to most and why? Mm, being brave. Yeah, for sure. I'm doing some brave ass things right now. Yeah, because like, mm, yeah, and it's hard. Like I still shake. I still tremble. I still sweat because I'm just I'm going up against the face of the stigma and all these like, you know, conditioned modalities. And I'm like, no, no, like, stop it. I wrote an article for a magazine and they asked me questions and I was like, your questions like make me want to gag. <laughs> <laughs> That's because why I was this... so worried about asking that one. I could just tell. <laughs> That's a subliminal bravery. message to you there, Lisa, about your question has just made me want to gag. <laughs> <laughs> right. For anyone that doesn't see anything visual, Lisa just gave me the middle finger. I'm telling all. <laughs> Oh, Amy, that's what keeps the stigma alive. And like, we're all here to give people an actual life transformation. Like, that's what we're here for. Like, who cares if I, I do not want any credit for someone's recovery. I'm like, you're, you're coming home to your truth. Yeah, period. And that's brave. So yes. That's oh, amazing. Yeah, it Proper has been pulled me up today. Thank you yeah. so much for that. But you have what to I promise really you'll go watch Danny McPhee. You have to promise you'll find Danny Yeah, McPhee it sounds out. like I'll cry. Yeah, you, <laughs> might, you will cry. You will die. Is that aromatherapy oils behind you, Amy? Oh, yeah, it is. Yeah, totally. That's part it of my lovely. Too. I love a good nausea in people's rooms. She's so <laughs> yeah, nosy. She's always asking around. about the background <laughs> and criticising mine, but we're not going to do it today because every time we come on, she hates my picture, she hates my lamp, and she hates these little weird switchy things. So No, it's not the switches. It's that bit of wallpaper that you're we trying know, to cover up a hole knows. with. Everyone <laughs> She's the uh, scientist. You're the one that with the flowers and the beautiful <laughs> yes, I just want a practical solution just stick the wallpaper over it and let's get on with life <laughs> it's oh, so honestly, true this is a visual a representation of us <laughs> yeah. oh, honestly Amy can I express enough how amazing this talk's been and I really do genuinely wish we had longer well, you're going to have to come back on I think because there's more to talk sure. about <laughs> yeah. yeah let's yeah, do we'll it get you back on We'll make sure that your links are in the bio of this podcast for everybody as well, because I think um, they'll definitely be interested in finding more about you, Amy. So thank you. Actually, before we go, do you just want to tell us where people can find you for the lazy ones that don't want to read the bio? <laughs> yeah, it's really easy. Everything's the same. It's uh, at Thrive and Recovery with Amy. Like it's exactly what it is. Thrive in Recovery with Amy. So Perfect. website, Instagram, Facebook, all the things. 
fantastic. Oh, that's amazing. Thank you so much. Thank You've you. been incredible. Yeah, thank you. Bye. See you later. Have an amazing day. You too. Bye, y'all. Bye. A big thank you to IPHM for sponsoring this episode. They're a worldwide accreditation board with a difference. And if you're working in the holistic or coaching industry, remember to check them out. Visit the website at iphm.co.uk and don't forget to name drop Be Sober when you apply. And if you want to find out more about the work we do, or you want to join our amazing community here at Be Sober, you can find out more about us on our website, besoberofficial.com. And until next time, be brave, be kind, and be sober. sober.